Hi, I'm Alexandra Roxo, your host of the Holy Fuck Podcast. I've created this podcast because I want to explore how the mystical touches us in our everyday lives, how the sacred and the profane move together, like two sides of the same coin. I found that personally, the most magical view I can choose of life is when I find the divinity, the healing, and the transformation in all of life. In this podcast, you can expect to hear inspiring conversations and storytelling that touch the heart and awaken the soul. This is a place for the modern seeker, passionate human, and curious explorer. A place where we can redefine what is sacred and what is profane, and just have the courage to open to it all. A place where we can step out of the mainstream programming and choose what stories and beliefs and rituals we hold sacred and true. On this podcast, you're going to hear from people on all sorts of walks of life, sharing what they're passionate about, what keeps them awake at night, what they consider to be sacred, what they consider to be profane, how they have explored life and freed their hearts and souls through love and spiritual practice, art, meditation, sex, drugs, birthing, prayer, just experiencing life in all of its wild tragedies and comedies. Plus, ideas, explorations, advice, and truths from me on sex, relationships, spirituality, and what it means to be a human on this planet at this time. If you found that you're also a rebel mystic who doesn't fit into the flattened ideas of good and bad and spirituality, but sees the nuance that life has to offer us, then I hope you find a home with me here in this podcast. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. On today's episode, we have my dear, dear friend, Pat Bailey, who is an author, writer, teacher, healer. She is a woman who lives from her heart so deeply. And in this episode, we talk about who, what it's like to lose your Instagram following of 100K and not get it back. She also talks about losing her sister around the same time. And it's a deep episode about loss and grief and also about hope. Um, She really is in her work for her heart and soul and not for the money or the fame. And she is rare. And it really, this episode asks the question, what do we do if what we have built falls apart? And we get into it so deeply. And I hope you enjoy. This feels like a very important conversation for all of us who have built a lot online. Um, please follow Pat and the Hell Yes Life, which is her um, teaching Instagram where she has all her courses and upcoming events. And her regular Instagram, the new one, the post 100K Pat, is called La Vie en Russo. And all the links are down below. Enjoy this conversation. I really hope it sets you free. Hi, everybody. I have today a dear, dear, magical, mystical, heartfelt, heart-led woman, Pat Bailey, who... um, yeah, I just, I, I would say like someone who's living from their heart, which is always such um, an inspiration to me, like you are that person. So I really want to have you on for that first and foremost, for your being, not necessarily your doing, but mm-hmm. we're going to talk about your doing as well, but your being is love. And I can always feel that. Thank you. So I would love to hear a little bit about your background, just an introduction, um, to who you are. And then I really want to hear, and this is going to be like a jumping off point, but the story of how, um, you had built an Instagram for like seven years and, um, how it was, you know, like a hundred thousand people on there and how overnight it was, um, taken from you and hacked into and, how you are existing in the world after that. And I feel like there's so many inspiring things about you and that's just kind of a jumping off point. Mm -hmm. But for everyone listening, um, this is going to be an an interesting story and an inspiring story that touches on possibly a tender place in all of us in terms of our worth, our work, 
um, and how we exist in the world. So let's just start first with, with like a little bit about you though, before okay. we get into the high drama. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, th I think it's nice to have to start with the high drama because it's like, <clears throat> I think who I am is, is as much in this moment as the full, the full scope of the, of the story. Right. I mean, I'm, 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 I've been in this body in this incarnation for 50 years. I can't even believe that. <gasps> and look how hot she is. Like, I'm so sorry, but like, this I love you so much. Hot. Thank you. Can we, can we do this every day so that I can just like get that mirror every day? <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's a whole nother story because I'm just freaked out about that, about all of a sudden being in a 50 year old body. Um, and, but the truth of the matter is I've been an old spirit my whole life. So I I've never really understood age or felt age really, but all of a sudden when you hit 50, it's like, it feels weird because 50 is such a big number. But I think to start with this high drama is a beautiful place to start with regard to, to really giving the full picture of who I am, because I think as I processed it and as I lived it and I lived it during the pandemic <laughs> so it was like a really a, I lost a sister last year so it was like the the year of loss the year of a forced surrender and when I think about that and when somebody asks me like who am I I think that's the story the story is that I I for some reason and this is that this is the great uncovering right this is the great discovery for some reason I I chose to come into this life to learn this lesson of of surrender of um of loss and of um of resilience and so this latest high drama of losing um my work my craft my connections my community in just like the snap of a finger was just one of the of the latest experiences in my life that have that really I've been living a series of experiences from the time I was a child um, that have kind of come come back to this lesson of this idea of a forced surrender or what happens when you experience loss, what your options are, how do you how do you rebound, how resilient are you, what what matters in all of that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I am a poet. I am an artist. I am a lover of deep service to women. I love women. I love, I'm the oldest of um, five girls. I lost a sister last year, but there's still five of us. Um, and I just, I'm a teacher. I came into this existence, like just being a big sister and was just a natural automatic teacher. But I have also eight years of high school English teaching um, under my belt. So I, I, I actually, you know, taught in the classroom and I've been um, doing that now online. I serve women with several programs and help them with their deep healing and with their paths in various, um, in various ways. And I'm really proud of that. I'm also a travel writer. I have a, I just like I have in my, in my chart, I have this, this uh, struggle between wanting to nest and wanting to float. And so uh, I try to appease both of those parts of myself with, with kind of rooting in and then also giving myself permission to, to float around and, and write and share. And that was probably the biggest ouchie in losing this community was that I was leveraging this big community for opportunities to travel and write. And so um, the brand partnerships and the travel writing um, leverage was probably the biggest practical ouchie of losing. Otherwise, it's like ego stuff, right, that falls away where you're just like, oh, I just lost eight years of my poetry and of my my healing journey and of my content that I've created, um, all of that stuff. You know, it, it's sort of like when you lose something that big, things get prioritized. <laughs> it's like, oh wait, the the connections and the yeah. leverage of the, of that community that size to travel right, um, that equals abundance. And so that was like a really big ouchie for me. Um, but yeah, so that's that's who I mm -hmm. am. I'm, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there's so much there, and 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 
you know, I didn't actually know that you were an English teacher for eight years. And I love that you went from teaching English to teaching women about um, connecting with uh, their hearts, their bodies, their inner goddess, their inner king. And now you are teaching women in the space mm -hmm. of spirituality and healing and um, that that's so powerful also for you from the stance that you're in, um, not that being 50 is, you know, necessarily means something, but you're someone who's actually lived a life, you know, and a lot of people are online teaching and they're <laughs> like 25 bless their right. hearts. I'm like, that's totally fine. Um, but you, you've lived a lot of lives and I know we don't have time to talk about all the lives today, but, um, you've lived a lot of different lives. You're a devote yogi as well, a bhakti yogi. You're deep in that practice. Um, and so, you know, because so many of us have so much hinging on our social media, right? Our businesses, um, our validation identities, whether even if it's a, a small following, but you've put a lot of love into the content, or if it's a big following and it's your livelihood, um, to lose that overnight and to not be able to get it back is such a potent, um, like ego shattering experience that your soul, in my opinion, like, because of mm -hmm. what I believe opted into. And in, in, in that I feel the inherent bravery and the fact you've handled it with such grace, um, which has also just been just so wild to, to, to witness you go through this loss and the loss of it, of your sister, your, your blood sister, um, who was younger than you and to experience you continue to put your heart out into the world, to teach, to lead, mm -hmm. to share and to love. And so I, I want to, want to just go back to the mm -hmm. moment and to hear, um, what happened on that day. Like what happened on the day where you lost your hundred thousand, you know, Instagram. Yeah. Thank you so platform. much, uh, Roxo, for your witnessing. It's yeah. Thank you so much. Um, mm -hmm. I have some really beautiful women around me that witness me that I think on those days when I feel like I can't, it's like that those are the sisters that like help you get out of bed and, and hold you and cry with you. And I think that's mattered a lot to me. So thank you um, for that. Um, I want, I mean, I want to say that there was some Kali involved. And so this is the magic, right? This is the magic part of, um, and I know you love this. This is like the funny part of the story. I literally the day or two before I lost my account was in a circle in my moon lodge with women. And we were calling Kali energy forward. And we were literally asking Kali to take whatever wasn't serving us to whatever degree. Okay. <laughs> So I want you to tell everybody, what does that mean? Because some people listening may know who the goddess Kali is, but tell us more for those people who are listening who don't. Know. Yeah. I mean, Kali is the energy that you call forward when you want a little help removing things that are no longer serving you. This is like the most universal mm -hmm. way of handling it, I think. And from my but let's also present what tradition and what, you know, just so people just who, who maybe have no context that she's a, a, a Hindu goddess, mm -hmm. um, a goddess of creation and destruction. And, um, I, be, I believe that like her kind of migration to the West, I experienced knowing her through the writings of Paramahansa Yogananda and also of Ram Dass. Mm, beautiful. And I think in, in Ram Dass's Be Here Now, there's some gorgeous drawings. And that book was seminal in my own spiritual awakening. When I read that book when I was 19, literally, yes, such an <laughs> epic book. I've had my same copy since I was 19. I read, I opened it. I remember sitting in an apartment in the West village that my friend was living in, in New York city and feeling like I was, something had changed in my soul was waking up by reading that book. And I think that book 
you know, Neem Karoli Baba is um, Ram Dass's guru and also the guru to a group of, um, of Westerners who went to the East at, a, at that time. And so they all brought back Neem Karoli Baba's teachings, which were because he was an Indian guru or saint. So there were um, through the Hindu pantheon. And so in that book, be here now. I remember encountering the first image of the goddess Kali, the goddess of creation and destruction. And then, you know, funny enough, after that, um, my roommate and I, who, um, she's still one of my best friends today. And this was nearly 20 years ago that we were, we began our, our soul contract this life. We put, um, an image of the goddess Kali over our door in our East village apartment. And so, um, you know, for people just to know how she got into our lives, right? Like through the grace of Neem Karoli Baba, Yogananda, um, you know, other Indian uh, saints and gurus who came to the West and brought the, um, the, the Hindu pantheon mm -hmm. to us in a sense. And then those of us who decided to study yoga, bhakti yoga, or other types of yoga, we became you know, um, knowledgeable energetically and through the heart about these, um, these incredible deities. And now, nowadays, I think, um, a lot of, a lot of deeply sacred things have been mainstreamified mm -hmm. and desacralized. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I, for those of you listening who, you know, kind of can ask yourself, how do you encounter, um, something sacred that has come from the hearts of the deepest sacred practice into our Western world, you know, into our land, into our homes, into our altars, into our prayers. And so just before you continue on, because this is how I interview people, I will stop and start Perfect. you annoyingly. Oh, um, but I want to hear, I want to hear first before you tell us, I want to hear how you encountered the goddess Kali and how she came into yeah, your life. Yeah. I mean, I've been singing to Kali as a bhakti yogi for since I discovered bhakti, you know, and so it's like the mantras from Rusty Wells from my teacher, you know, and so, but, mm. and, and it's one, and one of the things that I, one of the many things I love about bhakti is that you, when you learn mantra, and especially the way that Rusty teaches it, because I've asked, I've, I've asked him a million times, like, what does that mantra mean? He's like, don't worry about what it means. Does, how does it make you feel? You know? <laughs> and so, uh -huh. um, and then it was a deep dive kind of into, okay, who are these goddesses and what is this energy and what are these stories and these parables and all these, who are these creatures and what is this energy and why do certain mantras make me tingle and certain mantras don't have a resonance. And so it's just been a beautiful discovery wow. of that. Um, so yeah. that's the, the very beginning of my Kali, you know, just singing to Kali, Kali Durga, Kali Durga. I mean, just singing to Kali and not even knowing um, really what it was until I just did, a, you know, my own uh, dive into it. But this Moon Lodge space that I created last year was really a beautiful sacred space to discover these energies, to explore these energies on a universal. I have women from all over the world in all different faiths sitting in my circles. And we used the book, we used um, Kali, uh, sorry, Sally Kempton's Awakening Shakti kind of as a really approachable way. Um, it's a beautifully written book where she just kind of um, introduces these energies, these goddesses with their beautiful stories. So the stories, the folklore of them, the meditate, like beautiful practices where you can meditate with them, meditate on them, um, visualizations, all kinds of beautiful things. And so I use this book kind of as a framework for our circle. And, um, and this, and the, it's a four week circle. And the circle that we got to with Kali was this idea of D just letting go of anything that's no longer serving you. And so, of course, that the goddess that we call into the circle, into the fire, and we did a fire ceremony, and it was a really big deal. I have not done it since, actually, because it was so powerful. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, was was this circle for Kali during this four-week circle. What, what time of year was that last year? Um, good question. I want to say that it was in the, I'll have to go back and look. I yeah. want to say that it was either spring or summer mm. because the, the pandemic had already happened. So yeah. it was, it was after March, mm -hmm. um, but before fall. So yeah. somewhere, somewhere yeah. in the, in the summertime. And, um, 
You know, I mean, in my own ignorance, and I, I think after I shared this story with you personally, you were like, oh my goodness, ask her for mercy or, or ask her for some, some grace or something. Because um, one of what I love about the Kali, evoking Kali energy or evoking Kali's help to destroy anything in your life is she doesn't take anything that is yours, that should be yours, that is serving your highest purpose. If there's no reason to be afraid of Kali. No. In my, in my opinion. Yeah. So the, the truth of the matter is though, if you go into a circle evoking Kali's energy, the way that I did giving her carte blanche to take anything that was no longer serving you, it, it's almost like you can be blinded. Yeah. Because there are many things in our lives, even though you and I are super aware and been on our paths forever, there, are, there can be many things in our lives that we might not be ready to let go of yeah. <laughs> or that we might not even know in this moment aren't serving our highest purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will say that when you, you know, we're, I'm skipping ahead on the timeline a little bit, but when you did reach out to me and when we were sort of talking and connecting while this was happening, I that's when I told you that I had this shamanic teacher who's an incredible woman, like super incredible witch and also devout um, Tibetan Buddhist practitioner and medium. And she said, you know, when you work with, she said, every, every deity or non-physical being that has a lot of power has a shadow and a light side. And so you have to know, just like us, when you're mm -hmm. connecting, you are tapping into all of it and you have to be clear about what you're open to receiving. And when you're working with an, a deity that has a strong energy of destruction, asking for it to be graceful, asking for mercy. And, and because I, I had a similar situation when I did a Kali, um, and you could call it like a sadhana, um, practice, um, where I chanted for 40 days to her every day. And it was where my life was going through big destruction, um, and you know, my filmmaking career, my TV show didn't get bought. I, my creative collaboration was getting to, you know, kind of fell apart. I thought I was going to be a big Hollywood somebody. And I was just, it was all falling apart around me. Um, the man that I thought I was going to be with, like we were, we had a big explosive moment and I thought, you know, I'm going to do a Kali practice to just help clear. And, um, but it was, I got a letter from both of those people who I was having this very dramatic, painful split from during the Kali practice. I got letters from them saying, um, I never, I never want to be associated with you again. Mm -hmm. I never want to speak to you again. Mm -hmm. I I'm removing all of our work from online. I, I, our time together was a, all a lie. And, you know, I had, had built a four year, um, creative collaboration where we made movies and we, you know, we're featured in tons of magazines and all this stuff with, with my former collaborator. So to receive that, that letter, I remember because I was in a hotel room in Brazil where I was directing a piece for glamor magazine and I felt like I'd been hit by a truck, but I knew, Oh fuck. Well, I've been doing this practice. I've been chanting to mm -hmm. Kali to take from me all that is not free. And there's obviously a hook still between me and this person. There's a hook and this letter is unhooking us. There is a, like a huge, you know, there's no leaking now. There's no kind of, oh, but I miss you. Da, da, da. And the same thing happened with that romantic. They, he wrote me a letter. You're crazy. I think you need help, you know? And I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? And, but my heart was so broken in both of those regards. And I thought, oh, this is because I'm chanting this chant. She's closing the door. She's closing the, there's no little doors peeking open with her. If I'm asking from her to take from me all that is not free. And when I, I there's a, um, you know, I think it's a Bhagavan Das song who was also, he was actually the yogi that took, um, that invited Ram Das to Neem Karoli Baba, mm. Bhagavan Das, which you can read and be here now. And he's, a, he's, I, I, I haven't kept up with him over this time, but he's a great Bhakti singer and he has a gorgeous album that take from me all that is not free. Mm -hmm. and, I love it. And so when I'm in ceremony, I always chant that. But anyway, so, so you were, were in that place with your I women mean, of take from yeah. me all that is not free. Why the hell not? 
I mean, I was very specific about one thing and I was also in a relationship with a man. I, it was one of those relationships that I knew wasn't serving me, but I was like, I, I was in and then I was out, I was in and I was out and I just couldn't detach. And so I, I knew for sure that I needed her help with that. And yeah. like, okay, I'm done with this and I just need you to help me cut the cord. This is just not healthy and I know. And, um, and similarly, literally it was my birthday the next day, big, huge, you know, vase as big as me, glass vase as big as me with beautiful, a branch of roses arrived from this man. And I'm, bless you. And I'm literally, um, I, I mean, so three things happened. The next morning I woke up after the roses arrived, like it was like the circle happened, the roses arrived. The next morning I woke up and all the roses were dead. Like the pe petals were just on the floor. After one day. So one day, oh like one day. I, I, I washed the vase and then I literally turned over and somehow, and I'm not this clumsy, like the, the, the whole vase fell over and shattered into a million pieces. So the vase was destroyed. The, the Tel Aviv poster behind me used to be in a glass um, frame. I got this on a trip to Tel Aviv with him. I came home from one, one, like one day right after that. And the, the, the poster had fallen off the wall and the glass had shattered into a million pieces. I mean, these are things you can't make up, you know, <laughs> it's like, and so I thought, okay, I've clearly moved the energy and it's happening around that. You know, I felt like she was really helping me like, okay, you don't have those roses anymore. You don't even have the vase anymore. Okay. The poster needs to go. Well, obviously you see, I kept the poster. I just put it in a different frame. <laughs> and so I, I thought, okay, we're good. She's taking care of this. I didn't, I didn't expect anything else to happen beyond that. But what I had said was do help me with this. And if there's anything I specifically remember saying, if there's anything else in my life that is not serving my highest purpose, I give you permission to help me to remove that. And literally two days later, I got it. This is how it happened. I got an email that was like the people from the inside of Facebook and Instagram saw this email and they're like, wow, these are really good hackers. I mean, they're very sophisticated. I got an email that looked like it was from Instagram asking me to change my password because there had been a, a security breach or something tap this button, change your password. As soon as you do that and you change your password, you give permission. I mean, and it was almost like I, I did have a, as soon as it happened, I was like, wait a second, that felt weird. Like, I don't, I don't, that just didn't feel right. And as soon as I, I went to my Instagram and I, it was that fast, I had lost permission. I had no access to my Instagram. And it was, um, it was gone just like that. And my heart just sank. And I, it was really late at night. And I just thought I'll get it back the next morning. Somehow I was able, I didn't go into a panic instantly because it just, I didn't know this, 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 the scope of it. I didn't, I didn't realize it just didn't, it didn't hit me. And I didn't even fathom that it was uh, some foul play. I thought, you know, it was just a glitch or there's a security thing. And I didn't think anything of it. And then it wasn't until the next morning that I went on my account and I saw that um, content was being deleted. They were literally systematically deleting years and years and years and years of content um, that I started to panic. And I, I, and I knew that I had lost the account. Um, I think, you know, then what happens is you're just minding your internal dialogue. Then it's, it's like, it's like, it's a forced surrender. There've been these forced surrenders when my wallet was stolen in Milan and I had nothing, not even a passport for 24 hours. You know, it's like, what can you do? Like in the, in that moment, there's literally nothing that you can do. You can scream, you can punch something, you can call people, you can, but there's, it's a forced surrender. There's nothing you can do. And I just, I remember just sitting there in shock because I just couldn't believe it. Um, and then it's just, it's just days, it's minutes and days and weeks and months. And now a year of just, just, you know, being in the teaching, being in the lesson. Hello. Okay, so I just want to take a quick break from the episode to share about one of my affiliate partners, Chakrubs, the original crystal sex toy company. You may have seen me share about them on Instagram or in the press because I have, because I love them. <laughs> Vanessa Cuccia, who is the founder of the company, and she was also a guest on this podcast in episode six, she really pioneered the idea of using crystals for heightened sexual and spiritual intimacy. Each chakra is handcrafted from 100% natural crystal, and they're completely body safe. And the store carries a wide array of products that 
infuse your energetic field with the subtle energy that the crystal of your chakra holds. Using a chakra over time can help build sensitivity and reawaken subtle sensations within your body. Yay! <laughs> I have personally used them and for years, and I love their products. And over the last few years, I've recommended them to many clients and survivors of sexual trauma, not only for exploring their self-pleasure, but for healing, releasing blockages, feelings held in the body, and rebuilding and reawakening their relationship to sexuality and sensuality over time. And also, they are these beautiful objects which you can put like on an altar in some way in your home to really um, embrace them. So use the link in the show notes and the code is Love at checkout to receive a 10% discount in the store. Big love and enjoy. Now back to the episode. And you had reached out, right? Like you had a bunch of friends reach out to write mm-hmm. to Instagram and to ask for help. You connected. I had two, yeah, I had two friends from the inside. We actually almost got it back. Um, I had permission and there's, there's nothing worse at, at some point, you know, it, it's interesting to just, it's been a really beautiful, like lesson to just, to just be in myself so deeply to, to witness the loss, you know, to, to witness and grieve the loss of my work, to, to have the reality come forward that, that we really, and this is a message for everybody to hear, you don't really own that. Like this, there's no, you cannot protect yourself enough. If Instagram were to suddenly decide tomorrow not to be like, we, we just, we don't have a backup plan. You don't have a, it's not, it's not connected to the cloud. There's no, there's no, you know, and so like, even people said to me forever, like, don't you have your stuff archived or isn't there a cloud where Instagram's keeping, I mean, do you know the billions and billions of forms of content? Like how would they even possibly, I mean, I had the same questions at the same, at the time, but you go through these phases because it's such a big thing. You can't even fathom in the moment you go through these phases and it's a, it's a grief wave that you ride over and over and over again, because you realize in a moment, Oh, Oh yeah, I lost that project. Or I, I don't have that poem anymore because I didn't even, I just wrote it in the moment Um, or all those pictures or that grieving out loud. Cause I I grieve out loud and I've healed out loud. Um, And so, yeah, it was, I, I did have two very close friends connect me with insiders. I had a, a man that works for Instagram, working on it and the hackers were so sophisticated that it was it it was just beyond above my head but he just we we got it back for a second and there's nothing worse than getting something back that's not yours anymore it's like the ultimate it's like not the ultimate violation i'm being melodramatic but it it felt like a i mean it was a violation i someone else had been energetically in my space they at one point they changed the name of my instagram they, um, they put some cheap clothing on my Instagram after they deleted eight years worth of content. And, you know, what I've been told is that there is sort of a, there's a racket for this, you know, a, a, an account like mine that has an authentic following over eight years has a community, uh, it's in the algorithm and it's worth something. And so if hackers can get it clear, clear the content and then send, sell the community, um, the, the thing that I don't understand is that they're selling it to the my community and my community reported the account over and over and over again. So it's just a mess. Wow. It's just a mess. Um, but it was definitely a forced surrender. And I, I ended up losing it fully. And then it what was happened just when a, they got it back and then it, it got lost again. How did that happen? Um, I, I don't know if it was the security or what happened. I mean, I, I had it for a split second where I could log on and then somehow, and he couldn't explain it either. I I don't know how I lost, um, I lost access to it again, but at that point I felt so defeated, you know, what to have like a wiped account and have your community. And then what, where do you start? Like, and then I, then I sort of, I went through this really dark phase where I just, I just felt defeated you know, like I lost the account and I felt defeated. And I thought, where do I even start over? Like, why do I even start over? Like who cares anymore? And like, it's like to go from that as sort of a livelihood connection piece, scope of work to zero. And then, and, 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 and thinking about that, like where you were Roxa, when you started your Instagram to where you are now is such a different place. 
And the beauty of having the scope of work is the, is the witnessing of the journey. If someone wanted to witness the journey, right. But it's all attached to ego because the truth of the matter is in this now moment, my, even if I had the Instagram, you could scroll back through those eight years. It's not even me anymore. You know, so then when you're sitting in a start over situation, you're just kind of like, okay, it all becomes irrelevant. It's like, what parts of that eight years would I want to even share now? Because it's like past, it's sort of past and like, who, who am I now? And how do I even start? Um, and, um, I sat in that for months, you know, because I, uh, the other thing is you don't get to have your, your Instagram handle back, you know, it's gone. Um, so once you lose an Instagram handle, I couldn't be Pat Bailey again. And I thought that was that is insane. There's nothing they can do on the inside. No, I don't think so. And perhaps for you, because you're verified. And I think you are probably, if you're verified, a little bit more protected. And I noticed that you are having some issue right now where someone's, I mean, I think it's the wild, wild west, right? Like I think, um, it, what we're seeing is, is imposters. If you're somebody, I think they're going after the blue checks. They're trying to make money. It's a big scam. I see a lot more pornography on there. I see a lot more bots. I see a lot more automatic comments. Comments, Like it's just become kind of, um, yeah, it's the, the space energetically isn't, isn't as clean and isn't as pure as it used to be. And, um, and so I sat there for a while in this place of what do I do and how do I redo this or why, or do I care? Um, and, um, and, and the thought of the, I mean, thankfully my business Instagram wasn't affected. So my and business that's what Instagram I was, was say for, for like the fact that you had another Instagram account, you had two, one for poetry and one for your teaching. And the fact that you had already diversified your own work. And I think that's an important thing for everyone to hear. It's like, do not put all your eggs in one basket, you know, like have a mailing list, have a good website, have other ways that people can find you. Like we really don't know what will happen in general with Instagram. So the fact that you already had your hell yes life, Mm -hmm. Instagram where you were running classes, like made me really happy. Well, I mean, and this is ironically, this is something that I teach. It's like ironic that it happened to me because I used to have a branding academy. And what I taught was your list, get as much information about your clients and your community off the platform so that you own it. I mean, this is business 101. And so I did, I do have a poetry one. I did have a business one and I always wanted my personal one to be separate. And that's, but the personal one was separate, but I was an influencer. I was working with brands and I was doing travel writing, which is what I was kind of using that community to leverage. So, it, and, and also I think it is important if you have a business one to have the personal so that people can see who's the girl behind the business. And that gives you credibility and it gives you space to, to be you know, more free with what you wanna share. And I see you doing that too, but it, it, is, it, it wasn't as devastating as if I had lost everything um, and would have had to start over or if I lost an account in a business name um, ironically or serendipitously, and there are no coincidences, I had just kind of shifted my brand from my Pat Bailey, which is my married name to back to my, my maiden name, Patricia Russo. And so when I went to, st- I mean, that was one thing that I was just like, Oh, okay. Well, Kali was really smart because I'm no longer Pat Bailey. You know, I'm, I'm wow. moving into this, I'm moving into this Patricia Russo. I published my book in Patricia Russo because I didn't want to create another thing in my married name after being divorced for so many years. Um, so that part of it's kind of was a sinking up wow. of where, of who, who and where I am really in this moment. And then it was really about going back to the question, who, who am I, yeah. who am I in this new, with this new name and this new person or this name that I'm reclaiming? Um, And it wasn't until I was literally very casually and kind of, you know, still moping about not knowing how to start over again. It wasn't until I was having wine with dear friends here in Paris that I mentioned to them, well, they said, you know, you, you, you share so beautifully, you really should do your Instagram start over. Like they were just being cheerleaders for me. And I just said to them, I don't even know what I would call it or how I would do that. And I have, I'm sitting on so much content. Like, I don't even know where I would begin. Um, and it was my friend, Nora, that just like 
said, I think you should call it La Vie en Russo. And as soon as she said it, I was just like, oh my gosh, it's perfect. Mm. And it was sort of like- Because for everybody, Pat lives in Paris. So she's an American in Paris. She has been kind of embarked on her La Vie en journey. So La Vie en Rousseau has that meaning to it. Yeah. And I thought, I think in that moment, it was sort of like this, you know, this key that kind of unlocked something in me that gave me permission to start over again with this new name that felt like I felt a deep resonance to it. And then I was just like, okay, um, I'm going to create a new account. And I think I'm going to backfill it with all of my fit, you know, and now it's in the beginning, I think it was as we were all learning, because I was one of the first people on Instagram. It's like, I had the, you know, the first Instagram, Instagram, and you, and it's like the babies grow up, you know, and now here, if you had to do it again, as you were just coming in now, um, and that's just a big ouchie, but, um, it's very curated, you know, it's not at all my life. It's the illusion of what I want to present. It's the story that I want to tell. It's very, 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 very curated. And it's this, this, it's like beautiful images of my travels. And I, I sprinkle in some now moments, but it's really about going back through all the images of, of things I've captured. And just now, of course, I, I did that while the pandemic happened. So there was no traveling or no need to connect in a travel space. But just now I'm starting to kind of big, I'm, I'm learning in this new beautiful lesson, which is that there are people that will hire me or host me to travel right and tell the story of their brand or their property without having even a thousand followers. Really? Um, I mean, and this has been such, I'm so, this has been like the latest lesson, you know, I mean, I was just hosted in a mafia at this beautiful hotel and I still can leverage that I'm writing for the fit traveler, which I do. And it has a bigger 20,000 following, but I have 700 followers, you know, it's like, and I'm used to pitching these brands and pitching, press trips and pitching properties and using the leverage of having almost a hundred thousand followers and having them say, Oh yes, you have an automatic influence. Um, and I had to just get okay with letting go of that and just trusting that, um, that I can stand in my own power and promise something without the backing of a big community. And so that's been another really beautiful lesson in this and, and a really surprising outcome. That's been really beautiful. Mm. Um, The personal lesson is, though, that, um, you know, it's a lesson in starting over. It's a lesson in letting go. Um, It's a lesson in kind of shoring up what really matters. And I think that's what's happened for all of us in this last year where we renegotiate where we physically want to be and who we want to be sharing our energy with and what projects we want to be focusing on. And it just came kind of with all that. and, um, and then the other, the other blessing is that there, I used to be sort of a slave to my Instagram, mm. you know, when you have that kind of following and you have the brand partnerships and you have, there's, there, there was a big pressure to be doing it and sharing it and the machine in the machine of it, in the beast of it. And I, I kind of was in that space very happily for, for eight years. And when I lost it, it's sort of like that, that kind of just went and there was no pressure anymore. Oh. And so I don't post as often because I don't feel like I need to. And, um, and the shift of posting for brands and for travel has shifted to the fit traveler with my editor and I post on her account. And um, yeah, so it's, it's just, it's been like a little ego death yeah. for me and um, a renegotiating of what really matters, I think. And then, you know, when you lose your sister, I lost my sister shortly after that last August. And, and it, when you lose someone close to you, in sort of a tragic way, it puts everything into perspective. And so I love, I mean, and thank you so much for the reflection that you give me and, and how in awe you are of, of how I've dealt with it. But frankly, I think I had the right, you know, circumstances that helped me to be more or be perceived more gracefully than I, than I, than I would have been maybe if, if the circumstances weren't different, because when I lost my sister, it's like, Instagram, like nothing matters, you know, it's, it's just all so relative. Like, it's just like, um, and so that, that definitely helped me to kind of just like put things into perspective and, um, yeah. 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 That's so true. It's like remembering that life 
can totally level us and what we think is important. And, um, mm-hmm. and we can get so hooked on what we think is important. And then one day it's gone, you know, and, um, yeah, there's just, there, there are so many pieces. And I think one piece that stood out for me is just like, when you create something and you create an identity and a job around a thing that then is like a two dimensional kind of an image rebased, um, space, then part of you becomes limited to growing beyond that. And because if it works and it's bringing in abundance and community money, uh, opportunity, then why would you change it? You know, why would you grow beyond it? Why would you, um, messily step outside of it or question it publicly? And so I think a lot of people become trapped in a persona and, or an identity when we have so many personas, so many aspects of our identity and social media isn't a space for nuance and it's not a space for, you know, I heard this, um, on a a podcast and it was something I was speaking about with friends that social media, the, the opinions that are the loudest and the people that are the loudest are the ones that get praised on social media. The opinions that are the most black and white, the ideas that are the most dogmatic and black and white get praised, right? This is what trauma looks like. This is how you fix it. You know, like Mm -hmm. this is this attachment style. This is this one. This is this, this is that. So those get praised on social media. So, you know, the flattened version of the self, the, um, the sort of polarized version of the self, the opinionated version of the self is what gets praised on social media. So if as a being, as a multidimensional, nuanced, complex, messy, gorgeous, kaleidoscopic being, you want to be something other than what you've already established as you on social media, you're fucked. (laughs) You know, it's like, people are going to be like, wait, wait, what? And so, you know, I think we have to really feel those of us who put ourselves out there in that space. Like, am I now a slave to this persona or identity that began X years ago? Am I now just perpetuating this one persona, the way she talks, the way she walks, the color she wears, the things she chooses? Am I literally just in a job or a role where I am just, I do that, do, I'm just stuck in this washing machine cycle of this one being? Yeah. The other interesting thing that happens I've noticed is we begin to mold what we share based on a criteria that isn't ours. You know, I, I, I see this all the time where I just had a conversation with a dear friend who's, we're talking about reels and how important reels are right now. And it's like, well, that one went viral. So I need to do some more of that. And, you know, one thing that's come out of this is when you look at my personal Instagram right now, every single post I love Every single post is something that I'm really proud of. It's a beautiful moment. Mm. It's a it's an it's an edited image. They're words that are thoughtful. And and it and when you go from you know the the, the criteria, the likes, the certain you know a, a photograph getting thousands of likes to ten, <laughs> you know you, it shakes you yeah. because then you're you're creating. I mean, for me now, I'm creating and sharing on my personal what I love and I don't care. I actually turn, I love that they have the option where you can turn the likes off now Yeah, because I've turned the likes off because I don't even want that to be part of the experience for mm. me. And so I think that's it too, Roxo. It's like, we, we are becoming a slave to the machine, but we're also, we're, we're beginning to mold what we share and who we are potentially based on a criteria that isn't even ours or that, in, or that we feel a slave to. And that certainly was the world that I lost. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, and it's the world that I still see. And now I just, when, when I see it, when I witness it, I'm like, well, I've got 700 followers and the best, this, you know, 50, 50 likes is like the best, my best one is done, you know, and 
um, and the reels, whatever, you know, I also have just noticed a witnessing where I, I, I feel a little defeated because I'm 50, you know, so I'm, I'm literally aged out of the platform. Like, you know, it's like the 50 year olds and maybe mama Gina is still getting like, you know, whatever, but it's like the 50 year olds are not the movers and shakers. And I mean, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe there are a few, but, um, I feel like it maybe isn't my place. Like, I feel like there are other places where I can make a bigger impact. Yeah. And so the pressure, the pressure has just fallen off of me. And I, I feel like that's the other piece. It's like the, just to be mindful of the criteria right. by which you're, by which you're living and by what you're sharing. Um, yeah. Yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I don't, I don't think the platform is rewarding the best content or the deepest content, like you said, this, the, the dimension is just not there. And so as soon as you see that clearly, which is what part of what this has helped me to see very clearly, um, I just am embracing it. I'm embracing that I have a few followers, um, that it's, that I'm not, I'm not using any strategy to grow. I don't feel any pressure to grow or to get my hundred back. Like there's just none of that. It's all fallen away. And mm -hmm. I'm just posting when I want and posting what I love. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a different, it's a different paradigm. And I think that during the pandemic, like during the quarantine phases of the pandemic last year, um, there was a lot of time to think. And I was like, I don't want to be an Instagram coach or an Instagram writer. I want to be a writer. I want to be a writer, writer. I want to be a writer who you can buy in the bookstore, not just on Instagram. I want to be, you know, um, a coach and a teacher who is, um, uh, doing things in the worlds and rooms on television, you know, and all of that. And, um, and not getting kind of like sliding down this insular hole and thinking that that's it. And I'm curious for you, how have you, how, like, what, what's that look like transitioning? Like, are there other platforms, spaces, rooms, community centers? Like how are you doing that? Practically speaking, yeah, I mean, and also want to just say, I just came from Amalfi Coast. And, you know, when you go to Positano, you see the girls lined up for the specific picture for their Instagram, you know, and it's oh, just yeah. like, we I were just traveling too. And it was hilarious. <laughs> I was just like, my partner and I were laughing so much. And they were like 12 years old. And I was like, look, ass is out, lower back is arched, and lips are per pooched out. I mean, I just felt zero, I, I felt zero pressure. I just, I did take my tripod because I, I was on assignment with one property and I did need to like, my, my editor's now mad at me because I'm not in enough photos because uh -huh. I've shifted that, that much where I'm just like, and, and the way that I travel and what I'm looking at isn't like I traveled with like a carry on. So it's not a full, fully styled thing where I'm thinking I want that shot of that thing of me. And it's just not the same. So that's one thing that I wanted to say. Um, I think you, you just, the interesting thing is you just get a little bit smarter with regard to how you're doing your business, um, and, and where you are and what you're sharing. Um, and I also know that there's a rule in business where 80%, I think it's 80% of your business come, or most of your business comes from 80% of your community that you already have, you know, it's like, and so I, I have a really beautiful community that I teach to, that I speak to, that I that I share with, and that's um, a newsletter. That that's a um, Facebook groups where I I share a lot. I have a lot of referral. I mean, almost all of my circles are filled by referrals of women who loved being in my circles. And so it's just about. I mean, I think going back to what would happen if we lost the internet. Like, what would happen if we lost social media? Um, and that goes back to some really basic business principles where it's like you're building on your community organically. Um, and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm also 50, so I'm old fashioned. I like leaving voice messages about my offerings. I like calling in specific sisters. I like creating things with certain sisters in mind. Oh. I like, I like getting on the phone and doing an old fashioned sales call instead of, you know, and I was just looking at a friend's, uh, sales funnel masterclass. And it's just like, all this is happening where we're getting so automated that we're getting away from actually personally connecting with each other. And so I think for me, it's, it's a shift into going back to, um, doing things in a little bit more of an intimate way. Um, and um, yeah, so I mean, I'm still using social media, a, a big part of my business 
Um, my, my clients come from my business Instagram and still from my personal Instagram. I still use Facebook. Um, so I'm still using those platforms, but I think you just begin to look at the world differently and you're not really, you're not really, um, assuming that it's always going to be there. So you're shoring up all the other things. You're making sure that you own your list and you're, um, you're creating things for certain people instead of just assuming um, you're valuing referrals a little bit more because you know that your community is going to come from the community that you already have. Um, yeah, and my work has always been really intimate, Roxo. Like I've, I've, every business mentor that I've ever had just wants to hit me over the head because I'm not into, I, I just don't scale my, I, I don't scale well. <laughs> yeah. And they're, they're always pushing me to figure out a way to scale what I do. And, um, and that has always been, that's been my, my only limit. And so I'm much more into well, what's funny what, about that. I'm yeah. interrupting you. What's funny about that is like, I think that that is us valuing, um, power and money over intimacy and love. And we get to choose, you know, we get yeah. to choose what we want. Like, do we want to be in an intimate circle with 10 to 15 women where we can really create magic so real in the heart to heart space? Or are we a person who fucking loves, you know, teaching to 200 and not getting close in? And that's, you know, like there, there may be moments of both at different moments in life and it's okay. I think that, I think the assumption that making more money is what everyone wants is a funny assumption based on patriarchal values and ideals around, you know, what's important to us and prioritizing mm -hmm. community and intimacy seems ludicrous to some people when it's at the expense of money. And this is why people like you are so important, Pat, because for everyone listening, we either perpetuate, you know, like more mm -hmm. of the value system around making more, making more, 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 or we can perpetuate a value system around deeper, mm -hmm. more open, more loving, more intimate, more real, more authentic. And it, it, I think both are possible, but we just have to remember we get to choose as women owning our own businesses. Yeah, thank you for saying that because this is this is a trigger point for me right now as I'm watching in the collective around the in the coach space where there's just a lot of movement around seven figures. I made my million, you know, and it's like that that's triggering me because I feel like I've always been the girl that's wanted to do the deeper work. And, um, and I'm really looking at that right now and making sure that that's a healthy decision, right? That I'm, that I'm not limiting myself or that right. that's not coming from something else <laughs> that I'm not, that, but I've always been the girl that's wanted to sit in a deep circle or, or, or work one-on-one. -on -one. I literally just heard a coach who's coaching women to their seven figure business, like stop doing one-on-one -on -one work. And I like every part of my system was like, no. You know, and so, and it, it is a choice. It is yeah. a choice. And I think maybe that was part of what, what this lesson was for me, which is just be, be old fashioned because there's a space for it. There's yeah. a space for, I mean, when I leave voice messages for sisters and I say, I just created a circle that has your name written all over it. I want like that feels special. Uh, and that's not something that can be conveyed in a, in a social media post. It's just not the same frequency of energy. No, um, it's not. And it's, I feel like it's very important for us to be aware of this whole planet and that, you know, a lot of people make not a lot of money, you know, and like, and a team and are super happy and, and are abundant. super happy and, and, and free and, and like abundant in all the right ways. Love I mean, and I friendship and celebration. No, I have, I have a friend here in Paris that's killing herself working. And she just asked me, how did you go to a mafia? I'm like, I'm probably making half of what you're making. And it's about how, what you value in your life Yeah, and how, and how you work and what you're choosing, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, and how you do it. Yeah. I think, I think that for some people, if that's your karmic path to like, you know, be on the road to making a million fabulous, that's your business. But um, but let's not assume that that's everyone's path. You know, someone, some person to make a hundred thousand dollars is, would be completely mind blowing revolutionary, 
you know, yeah. like probably my parents, to be honest, but mine too, <laughs> but like, but, but, but why would for me that be not enough, you know? And I think that that itself is such a deep conversation and it's like, well, and also what are we, if we are going to make a million, then what are we doing with that money? Are we creating community? Are we sharing resources? Are we supporting people in our community? Are we creating a program for um, underprivileged girls who don't have access to healthcare or healing or, um, you know, whatever it is like with that money. Um, and I think with, with finances come great responsibility in today's world where the disparity is so huge in income. Huge. So, I mean, that's a whole nother long and juicy conversation. And I, I, I wish, I mean, we could do three podcasts cause we have so much to talk about. Maybe we will. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you have any programs coming up that you can tell people about this will probably, probably be out in a few weeks or maybe a month. I'm not sure. Yeah. Thank you. Every, um, every quarter I run two main programs. So it just depends on where you are and and you're listening of this uh, episode. I have two main programs. One is manifesting love, a journey within it's my entire life's um, healing journey in an eight week program and deep, deep, deep holding. It's really beautiful. And then the second program that I offer is the honoring your inner King program. And that actually will start October 1st is the next session. Um, and that is, you know, it's, it's where I am on my path. It's this really incredible exploration of our inner masculine. I feel like it's work that every single woman should be doing. Um, and, uh, really, I don't think that you can access the fullness of your feminine until you know who your masculine is Mm -hmm. and until you feel this deep holding from within you and can honor that deep holding Mm -hmm. from within you. And of course it's from that inner masculine space that you can lead well from your feminine, that you can organize your business and feel fully supported and safe and, and feel all the provisions that you're creating for yourself in the fullest way. Um, so yeah, it's been life-changing work. Um, but those are the two main programs. I also am a per, I have personal private mentorship, which I love and will never, ever, ever let go of. And I'm helping women to write books and launch businesses and shift their minds around things and create more abundance. And all of my 50 years worth of lived experiences coming to the table. Yes. And this woman is not phoning it in. She is a real practitioner. And mm. nowadays, I'm just going to say that's a high value. Someone who's deep in their practice, lifetime yogi, mm. writer, you know, feminine practitioner. So um, we'll put all of your information on how to how to find you, you on the Hell Yes Life and love you. Also. And um, I'm you. so happy to see you and we'll talk yeah. more soon. I love you. Thank I you all wait. for thank listening. You, thank you, thank you. And please... Um, you know, subscribe to the podcast, review it, share with friends if you loved it. Um, and see you again soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. For more, 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 follow me on IG at Alexandra Roxo. And you can get on my mailing list where I send poems, practices, rituals, links to upcoming retreats and events and all kinds of goodies. And if this podcast has touched your heart, please let us know. Please write us a review, give us a five-star rating, all that. It means a lot to myself and everyone involved. Big, big love, my darling. Have a fabulous day and see you again very soon.